the amount of times where I can see how beautiful a person is. And when we, when we just take the time to see the thread that pulls through, like me saying connection, right? Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a connection that was bred from the time that I was five years old. And I realized that my brother didn't know how to connect with people. Mm. And then that, like, maybe that was the seed. Who knows? Who knows? Right. I've been psychoanalyzing myself all this time. But I feel like purpose isn't something that you find. Purpose is something that you notice. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by changemakers, a place where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. It's me, Lucas. I'm your host. And today we have Gera with us again. This is part two of a two-part episode. Uh, you can listen to uh, the first part, uh, episode number 19. This is episode number 21. If you don't know or you've forgotten, Hera is the founder of Zip to Podcast. She was one of the, the founders and drivers behind Mstedford Podcasting Network. She has her MBA. She's a personal branding guru, and she has a really fancy title as an intelligence director at her current company. And so let's jump back into the show. Be watching for the thread throughout this episode of purpose. What is your purpose? Where do you find, discover, uncover the thread of the purpose of your life? What changed in such a short period of time? I don't really care about your grades as much, but that you went from this complete paralysis and lack of ability to turn stuff in or execute or get past your own perfectionism to launching a podcast that's, I think, widely successful, at least in, in my eyes and my perception, launching GeekFest, uh, becoming a public speaker. I mean, I think what isn't the, the, the greatest fear that people have is public speaking. Before death. Before death. I think after spiders. And so how, like, <laughs> right, with someone with, you know, a confessed paralysis and anxiety um, around so many different areas, what was it that changed that direction? A lot of little moments. While you were, while we started talking about this, I was pushing myself into the memories that I have from that time. Lots of little discussions. Um, the biggest part of the falling into the d deepest depths was because I broke up with my first fiance, the person who I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I'm sorry like to that. hear that. No, it's great. I have Hakim now. So, alhamdulillah. And alhamdulillah, it, it, it would have been... Um, it would have been a normal breakup had I not have had all of these suppressed issues that I didn't know how to deal with. So at the time, it was just really overwhelming. Um, so I think also that just assimilating to life without a person there, mm. I think it happens naturally whether we want it to or not, just because the person isn't there as much. My counselor introduced me to cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes, I love CBT. It's the coolest. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's basically the ability to reprogram your brain by observing what you do when you're not trying to do anything, if yeah, the, that makes sense. The, ba the 
basis of it is the understanding that your thoughts produce feelings mm-hmm. and your feelings produce actions and those actions produce more thoughts. Yeah. And so if you have a negative thought, it will turn into a negative feeling, which will then produce a negative action, which then creates a slightly larger negative thought. And then it cycles until you are deep in a hole and mm-hmm. different people, they cycle faster or slower depending on who they are. But if you can find that first negative thought, that smallest seed and find, you know, evidence to debunk it and then a, a piece of truth that's positive to replace it, you can slowly cycle back up into a, a right state of mind. Like you said, re, really reprogram yeah. your mind. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm getting the timeline mixed up. <clears throat> But bits and pieces were basically once I did uh, have the breakup, there was a a, um, a moment of like quiet by moment, like a year or six months of quiet in which I, I was, OK, I was broken up. I can cut it off. Right. And I don't know what happened. But when I was at the deepest depths of my depression and I was having the most suicidal thoughts, I called him up. And then that was the call where, like, obviously I, I didn't mean anything at all to this person that I wanted to build my life with. I don't know why. I don't know what led up to it. This is all mm. 10 years ago. and uh, But I do remember bits and pieces of that quiet time and after that where I was exposed to people who were really cool and really amazing. And there were guys that... Um, I dated that cared about the environment or they cared about a purpose and I was exposed to that. It's so sad that it had to come from my romantic relationships instead of the most beautiful friendships that I had around. But it's always uh, it's the romantic relationships that seem so much shinier and more important in that phase of life. They play a different role in our life. Yeah. So I got to see it in them and I guess I don't know the CBT. I I didn't even get on medication or anything at that phase. But it was after that phone call that you went into the the, the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you called out to you know a call for help. The and the, it was co- the, answered thankfully. The teacher put you in, in contact with the, the counselor. The counselor on and campus. They, and and I think the show that it was important affected me deeply. The fact that both my parents showed up. The fact that I was in a room with. Wow. So many important people in the school and my parents and the counselor, it hit me that, oh, I must be important or there. I don't know. I remember bits and pieces, like I said. Sorry, guys. No, this I'm is I'm sure great. there's a really cool story there. Well, let's unpack it. If you're and... a script writer, you can make a movie about my life and we can <laughs> fill in the pieces together. Um, so... so then it was, and I think it's if, to, I don't know, to whose point... Um, I think it's in some ways more powerful that you don't have a lightning strike moment because I think lightning strike moments is a, a it's just like a it's fantasy it's it's not real it's not real life right I don't think someone goes from the depths of darkness to all of a sudden you know this you have some wild epiphany and boom you're throwing on geek fest but I I like your narrative better. Mm. That it took time, probably a lot of dedication, probably a lot of processing through hard emotions, a lot of hard conversations, uh, 
being vulnerable and transforming and rewiring your mind, which that takes a lot of emotional labor to do. And over time, that brought you to a place of health. Because mm. I think so many people are looking for, you know, the tactic to a better life now, a tactic to a million dollars, get rich, kind of like the get rich quick kind of schemes. But even with our personal life and success or purpose or happiness or health, we're looking for that quick fix. Yeah. But it's not, is it? Especially at that time, I don't think <clears throat> I wanted to fix anything. I don't think I had a direction. It was a fluke for whatever reason. I started caring about the environment. I think it was in me deep down, but then having a cause to fight for, that was a really interesting place mm. to put all the energy. That w was the people who I was talking to. There were only two courses on the environment back then. On uh, There was an architecture and psychology and environment course, and there was a environmental um, sustainability course generally. So I took these two electives and at that point I had um, weekly meetings with uh, my uh, kind of like a mentor, right? Just to make sure that everything's okay in addition to the counselor. Support, touch points. I think I didn't take time to really build any relationships that were connected to my university or connect, you know, so yeah. it was just whatever. But it was really sweet and people who saw me struggle were just so lovely and helpful. And then I started creating this this pattern of when I made an assignment, it wasn't just an assignment. It was an answer to a big question I had or it was a partnership with someone. And on the other hand, I was really mean to other people because of that perfectionist thing. Mm. Right. I would come on my high horse and be like, listen, guys. We need to do it like this, 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 this. <laughs> and then the next day I would oversleep because I, you know, pushed myself into a point where I couldn't, you know, wake up on time wow. or something. It's It was a really funny, turbulent time. Um, fast forward to graduation. So going on this upward arc, fast forward to uh, graduation, I land a job with this conglomerate. It's GE. I don't think it's a big deal if I say it or not, but I feel like you could copy paste the situation to any really big American company. When you say the name and you say I work there, ooh, it feels good. Yeah, mashallah. It feels really good. Um, it felt good. Uh, and when I was there, that's when things started getting shaky because finally I had a reputation to uphold. I wasn't on ground zero anymore. Hmm. I was delivering and it was that collaborative way I love. And it was in a way where um, that lean startup mentality came in and I was starting to experience a very different relationship with deadlines and work. And then where did it happen? I guess it was just the stress and the pressure that opened my eyes to something was going on with anxiety. And that's when I started having panic attacks. And that's when anxiety Hmm. had a name and I didn't confuse it with depression because I wasn't because I had this gorgeous job. Right. And at that time I was engaged with Hakim. So khalas, I fulfilled all my family's hopes. I fulfilled all my peers' you know, respect. Like I ticked yeah. all the boxes, right? Yeah. 
But I was really overwhelmed and I had these panic attacks and I had something called depersonalization. Um, and that was a really different low. And that was a low that it was pure luck. And I'm so grateful for it. But the the clinic that I visited in, Mak- in uh, Muscat, um, the therapist there told me that I have things that seem like anxiety and these are the things to look for and then thankfully there's a lot of resources online there's an awesome podcast called the anxiety coaches podcast i was obsessed with podcasts for all this time that i'm talking about which maybe actually that helped too i don't know and um and that was another dip that i worked out so i guess that's why it's so much easier to slice and dice moments in time because it's been such hard work to build up things yeah you know i'm not um i'm not a product of accident that's for sure you've mentioned uh multiple times the word purpose yeah um i think it's a millennial thing i think it's i mean i think it's a millennial thing for sure i think it's a human nature thing i think probably before millennials i think purpose was a thing mm. maybe it was just packaged differently or and maybe you inherited it or maybe yeah, there was right, something bigger already yeah what is your relationship with purpose because it sounds like if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying for so long you didn't have purpose but then on your upward trajectory you found purpose and then with that you started checking some boxes you started to become more productive and successful you have this job at ge and then anxiety comes um, in. Something comes up for me. And so yeah. can you... So, super unrelated, but it came up. You know, when I was a kid, the purpose in life was Abdullah. Mm. Um, and I never noticed it. Even in Dubai, the reason why I was in the States and Dubai was purely because of Abdullah for his education and for his treatment. Mm. And um, my dad was actually in Saudi while we were in the States my parents didn't want to do that, but that was the only way that it could have worked out. Yeah. So there was always a sense of our lives your purpose have is a reason. For your your brother. Yeah. For all that time. So we knew why we were in the city. It yeah. wasn't something that was taken for granted. And then when I moved to Saudi, that was dude, it was a fluke that I was in computer science. I really genuinely looked at all of the options there were. I knew, okay, art's not going to work because I don't like turning in things because I can't make them perfect. So I looked at all the other options. In Dar al-Hikmah, it was law and uh, art and uh, MIS. But they didn't really talk to me about MIS, which is management information systems. So I was just like, oh, that's art stuff. No, thanks. And law is business stuff. Ew. So then I go to I go to IFAT and I'm literally sitting in the counselor's thing and I'm looking at the catalog and I'm like, oh, computer science? I know how to do HTML. I do it for my DeviantArt page. That sounds cool. If I'm going to go through university, I might as well learn something. That was a process. It was a one-day situation. Wow. <laughs> so it was flukes, 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 no purpose, no reason. And, and then you finally, lost purpose. I don't think I had it when well, I when moved you were to younger. Saudi. When you were younger, right, you you had this, like you said, you always knew why. You mm-hmm. always had purpose. Even as an an older sibling, your purpose, your role was 
I'm going to simplify these these hard, complex human emotion stuff for my my brother. I'm going to explain why these things are happening. And that was like your purpose in life, and then you lost it going to Saudi. Yeah. Oh my god. We figured it out. Figured it out. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yes, you're right. It was a total fluke. It wasn't any reason. I was waking up whenever I could, and then finally my family was like, "Yo, you're here. It's September. Enroll." So that was literally. It was just one snowball. And then you start. Effect. And then you're doing it. Your grades aren't coming in. You don't have purpose, and then you're not even able because at that point you weren't able to execute. Is that right? Your your GPA was still low when you're in computer science, or no? Uh, it was so low, but I got it up. I got lots of withdrawals and they made a lot of exceptions okay. for me, thankfully. So by the time I, it came close to graduating in technically my junior year, but actually my fifth year in Erfurt, um, I interned at GE through okay. my dad again. Okay. Thanks, dad. Anyway. Parents are great. So they're supposed to do right. Interned at GE. I got in because, not because of my manager, but because of um, someone who knew. So to my manager, I was just this uh, bright, young, talkative Saudi girl, which in and of itself, it's very strange. At that point, it was very strange for... I I recognize a face. Okay, I'm going to go off topic for a second. Don't forget where we were. There's a very specific expression that people have when I tell them that I'm Saudi. It's a really... I can't put it in words, but throughout GE, I noticed it a lot. Like on their face. Yes. A facial expression. A very specific facial expression of me being Saudi or them knowing that a Saudi girl is coming in and then I walk in at that time. Um... I was corporate, so there wasn't any blue hair. So it was like a, oh, like, oh, uh, I wasn't expecting that. I don't know if it was good or bad. Anyway, back to the story part. (laughs) Um, uh, So I was working under this manager, Fadi Sleiman, who is awesome. And I'm still in touch with him. He's so cool. He was a CIO of the uh, the Middle East and Africa region for GE at the time from the corporate side. And... It opened my eyes that, oh, GE, the reason why I loved the idea of GE was because of eco-imagination and the stuff they were doing with renewable energies, which, by the way, was a very small part of their um, overall energy focus. But I was still really excited about it. It's a great story, right? (laughs) Especially back then, I was falling for all those marketing things. Ah. (laughs) So it worked out really well. Um, And then when I hit internship, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I know what I'm shooting for when I graduate because he told me about this leadership program that they have after for fresh grads. So then finally that last year had purpose, it had direction, it had the best grades I ever had. Um, It just wasn't enough to push my GPA into Mm -hmm. something remarkable, but nobody asked because the manager already knew me. And I got in before I got the cumulative GPA and they were like, it's fine, it's fine. And it was such a fluke. So many times, so many times I was working with someone and people would ask the person standing next to me what their grades were. And they would say it, and then something would happen, and I wouldn't <laughs> end up saying mine. But I proved myself, wow. and I kept up with the with the Joneses when it came to work. Um, and it was a really rigorous leadership program. It was the IT leadership program. Now it's known as the Digital Technology Leadership Program. 
and um, it had courses and it was intensive. It's supposed to be like an accelerator for uh, managers, fresh grads that go straight into a management position after after doing project management. Um, and yeah, so I was on that intellectual high and then I just didn't have the emotions to sustain that way of life, I guess. Mm. I don't know and what that's happened. when the anxiety kicked in. When did, uh, when, where's Geek Fest and all this and when does Mustafford come in? Right. Dude, I, I gave you a lot of details. You You're going to cut life. this a lot, no, right? No, ain't no cutting. No, dude. Yeah, Poor people. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, hey, Joe Rogan can have three hour podcast that has, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm sometimes surprised at how humans have a capacity. I have a capacity to listen to really long podcasts yeah and i stay engaged i stay i i can sit with my friends for like four hours at a time so it makes sense yeah um so uh where does geek fest get in geek fest during my junior year came into being 2011 my my i'm calling it my junior year because it was the year before my senior year mm -hmm. but it was all confusing anyway 2011 um geek fest happens it's so great it's so beautiful i was working with tishkeel um and sofana dahlan from tishkeel who is a saudi lawyer who became um she followed her passion and she became an entrepreneur and set up this design house but it was more of an incubator for designers and it was just a really solid business model and she was just so powerful and she really pushed me hard and i think that's why i fell in love with it so mm. so much was that i was pushed and even though a lot of people tried i don't know what was different about her but i still uh, see her as a mentor it's amazing and um and there was a team. We threw out a call. I, I did it with my friend Nisreen Tamano. And we didn't know each other. I called the meeting for a bunch of geek girls to get together. So then we got together and we were like, oh, we need to do something big. And um, guys will make it more attractive to get sponsors. So let's also make it a two-gender thing. In 2011, finally, it came to fruition. The... We call them unorganizers, the people who come in, because it's not a polished conference or anything. It's a purpose for meeting and greeting other online people who are geeky about something. I was so blessed. I had the best team who now have a very different space in my heart uh, with what we built together. And they knew sponsors and they handled the tough stuff. And I was roping everybody together and I was leading the effort in the end, the biggest, funnest um, event was the 200 people event. I can't believe I'm saying that. But for a university student, that's a really, really super big deal. It is a big, I think <laughs> for a non-university student, I mean, I think 200, I mean, it's putting an event like that, that takes a lot of capacity and administration and execution. And It was so interesting how, how multifaceted that event was because... Um, Hakim was one of the, so it was segregated women and men. The women's, uh, venue was much smaller because there were less, uh, women who knew they were geeks. I'll say that. Not that there were uh -huh. less geek women. Um, and, uh, the guys area was a lot bigger. 
Hakeem was a talent and a public speaker to promote the sponsor that was there at the time. And we were doing our thing on the girls' side, and it was just so great. And I'm sure all the skills that helped me out in GE or helped me get recognized anywhere was from that moment. And that's also where I met Ammar. I met uh, Rami's little brother there. He was one of the unorganizers with me. I met Faisal Asiri because he knew of the people. Once you get to know someone in Jeddah, you you automatically meet 10 people. Yeah, it seems person. like a really small, tight-knit, creative community. I think it's easy to direct people to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I went off for work and uh, Geek Fest lived on. It came back again in 2013 when I was in GE. I came just to help out with the event itself and... Um, and which is where I met even more people. Sorry, sorry, that one, the second one was where I met Ammar. Um, fast forward, right? So I finished my beautiful GE leadership program. I was about to, um, I had just gotten married. I was, a, the only job that was available was in the Riyadh and Hakim was based in Jeddah. My issue my problem. I never told Hakim that there was a job waiting for me in Riyadh. I made it seem like, oh, you know, I'm just, uh, I want to find something in Jeddah or like I'm not interested in GE anymore. I never had the conversation with him. Mm. So I threw that option away without um, really consulting anybody. And while I was in Saudi, that's when Hakim got a part in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He got offered admission in New York Film Academy. So we said, hey, we just got married. We're never going to be able to do this again. Let's go to the States. We went to the States for three months. It's amazing. It didn't work out. We came back. (laughs) Oh, not amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We came back. um, And while I was in Jeddah, bored out of my mind after a week, because I'm a workaholic, so I didn't understand like how to turn off. So after a week, I was bored out of my mind. Uh, Umair calls me up and is like, hey, we're recording a podcast. You should come. We need a we need a female geek. Um, so I was all about that. I was so excited. I didn't know what I was walking into. I walked into the episode, the first episode that I had appeared in. Which in is episode Center. number? I don't remember. Oh, Isn't that sad? You don't have it framed on your wall? It might be the third. I'm not sure. Really? I know it's not the that first. That early on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the get-go. And, I was, and when we finished talking, I was like, guys, I'm addicted to this. Nothing, no recording happens without me knowing about it. And then khalas, I became a recurring guest. And then I was like, you guys, you're not on Instagram. Or I can't remember what I was saying. And your social networking kicked in. There you go. Um, We got to let the world know about this spectacular podcast. What year is this? 2015. 2015. Mm. Four years ago. Yeah. And uh, so we're doing really happy with the podcast August 2015 this happened um 2016 hits I have a nice job a Saudi job IT project manager very relaxed life is good da 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 um I don't know what hits me but uh we want to grow Mustadfir oh no I remember what hits me Hakim had a podcast too called the low priority queue yeah it was a video game podcast and Ammar's cousin 
Tudi Saban had a podcast called Ish Bitsawi. So I was like, yo, let's... I, I think it was very organic. I don't even think one person said it. I th- it was, oh, we should have a network or at least one website where all three of us can operate from. That's where the yeah, network came in. forces. So we were a network. Very geek thing to do, right? <laughs> yes. And once we were a network, um, you needed someone to take care of all the social media. And then once we were a network, hey, why aren't there more women podcasters so that's when i launched the i did like a serial launch of like four podcasts at once there was um coach talk there was uh uh safha which is the divorcee women's podcast coach talk was a coaching show with um uh abdullah saban amar's brother serene fateh a friend of ours and uh and yes, all the other ones that you can see on the page. Gaming recess. Um, it was just, I took it as a full-time job. I I decided, okay, let me focus on this and let's be the next startup and let's go to all of the startup roadshows and let's give, you know, I yeah. always thought of the end version yeah. in mind without thinking about how to put one foot in front of the other. Um. Yeah, so that's how Mr. Tfid came to that, be. That long-term vision. Mm. So you, so but the what you're saying is that Mustadford Network was a fluke. Was all you? Oh no! <laughs> oh, actually, yes. Yeah, you know I what? mean, no. <laughs> but if you put you put some you put structure to it, right? No, it was definitely a group effort. I just um, demanded that it become bigger today. You know what I mean? Yes. Where the other guys, it was their second job or it was something that they were doing on the side. You were a driving visionary force to say this can be something bigger than just like... But I didn't have any business acumen because I only set up one event and and I ran projects that were backed up by a whole conglomerate. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I... Yes. So resource wise, it was a very different playing field completely right i had never started up anything so um i launched all of these things Zibda was one of those things that launched and i was really passionate about it and then i realized that oh i need money in life (laughs) and that's when you stopped uh that's when uh, uh, that's when i was doing it as a part-time thing things got quieter I got into my communications manager job, and then three months later, I got accepted to do my MBA, MBA. and now we're here. And you're graduated from your MBA. Done. Congratulations. Official you're transcript. An MBAer. I I am a mediocre but arrogant person. That's what it stands for. MBA. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I I, I want to hit on something though. So Mustafa Network. Mm. Tell me, like, break down some of the stats and the numbers, because that's, I mean, I think from what I've read and from what I've heard and what I know about podcasting networks, it's highly successful. I don't know anything from the networking side anymore, unfortunately, but I can tell you openly. As far as like a podcast. For a Zibda, we get 10,000 listens a month. Um, So across your, across how many you put out or just... 10,000 new people a month across all your 100 shows. 10,000 listens. 10,000 listens. Across all the platforms that are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, yeah. whatever. 
Are you guys continuing to put out fresh content? On a monthly basis. On a monthly basis. So 10,000 epi- listens per episode. Per se- episode. Te- technically, yeah. And uh, of those Which listens, in the podcasting world, that's... I mean, it's huge. It's a good benchmark. It's a good benchmark. It's way above average. Um, average yes. was, depending what, you know, it's either 400 or 2,000, which I don't know how you can get 400 or 2,000, but that's what they say. So, you know what's funny? I'm I'm getting insecure but in a weird way where I don't think that's a lot. Like I'm I'm hungry for, you know, getting on YouTube and having that channel of distribution also go to the numbers. I'm hungry to yeah. get like hundreds of thousands of listens and if it's not there, this is uh why why um I might be on medication. <laughs> I, I do you have... get anxiety? Do you get anxiety um, if you're unable to attain something, attain or execute? Or I think I get anxiety if I don't have a goal. That's where it's fallen into of my understanding so far. But you're no longer putting like a lot of weight behind Zibda, are you personally? Uh, Yes, from a leadership role. I'm now the not, executive producer. So, But you're not like marketing it Mm-mm. and promoting it. So that's no, 10,000 passive. Yes. So I think 10,000 passive. On operations that are set up through a system we have of Trello and volunteer organizers and bootstrapping. That's and, definitely bootstrapped. Yeah. I think, I I understand where... where there's that uh, tension of being stoked at where you're at, but realizing there could be so much more. But I think 10,000 passive is amazing. It, it is amazing. But that's why I'm angry. Because it's amazing. It's passive. If I just put like a teeny, itty bitty yeah. bit of effort into it. But no, now I have a job. Priorities. Yes. Priority. Low priority queue. <laughs> right? That one's kind of down there. <laughs> exactly that's lower on the priority list um and what has been what was your favorite episode so far from like from zipta that's like this is either the favorite the most listened to or like this is my personal like if you're gonna listen to one zipta podcast show episode what would it be oh this is tough yeah i know it's I'm been sorry. Not, because we had different phases in the beginning it was in english yep or arablish depending on how you look at it But then one time we had an Arabic episode and it was like double the numbers. And it hit me that nobody talks about this. Oh, uh, we didn't tell listeners what Zibda talks about. So Zibda is a podcast show that encourages the authentic self. So we talk about a lot of things, more about, you know, issues that other people don't talk about. And we do it in a really edutainment kind of way super light super casual yeah just people who like developing themselves having a really calm conversation with each other you know, when i when i was getting into podcasting before i launched this mm-hmm. i primarily listened to zibda mm. like as far as far as like well like I'm like well i wonder what middle eastern podcast and so i found Stedford and then i found Zib- zibda and uh i love the Arabizi, as I, I say, mm-hmm. Arabish or whatever yeah. you call it. Um, you know, my Arabic is okay. and But even when, when you guys transitioned to full Arabic, I still enjoyed that because it was improving my Arabic. 
And um, I was still there, so it was I was a bridge between full on intellectual hardcore Arabic and yeah. the stuff that yeah. I can understand. Yes. <laughs> so I I you know, I love the show. I think it's great. Do you have a favorite? Um you see, I switched the question. I didn't yeah, even I answer. Yeah, I see you switched the question. I, <laughs> I, you didn't answer, and then you switched the question back to me. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a el 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 Gorba. Oh yeah, yeah, that was with I really like that one. Aziz is a great, great, great personality to have. I like though. that one. I totally cheated because Aziz was awesome, and I guess it also plays up to your third it culture. Plays into kid. my third culture kid. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I listened to that one a couple times. I think nice. Not because I thought the show was so great, but because my Arabic is so bad, <laughs> so I had to listen to it a couple times to uh, to understand the meaning. Um, Maybe that's where all the listens are coming from. It's all me <laughs> trying to improve my Arabic. <laughs> One more time, SoundCloud. Um, but uh, to answer your question, different people, I say different things. If I talk, I'm talking to someone and I notice that they lean towards being attracted to my brand from the stance that I'm very open about mental health, then I'll talk, tell them to listen to the anxiety yeah. episode. If um, they're interested in something relaxed, I say Reem Tayba episode is really fun because Fatma Badam was a really big fan of hers before she met her. So it's an episode full of like love and fangirling, which is really cool. Uh, Fatma's my co-host. And then the one that I would just say listen to because it's my favorite is the one with Dalal al-Jana'i, um, the... The authentic marriage. Mm. Because Dalal is like, I'm such a huge fan of hers. Such a huge fan of hers. And when I reached out to her and asked her to be on, I wasn't expecting her to say yes. Really? And I wasn't expecting it to be about marriage. And actually, we were supposed to have a different couple on. On, on the podcast, it was her, me, Hakim, and then our friend, Sara who is a divorcee. So we had... Um, a, a marriage coach, a divorcee that didn't want to get married anytime soon, and then a married couple. That's how the structure works, yeah. where it's always a panel of people with different perspectives. And that's the episode where it was like so cool to hear her in my ears. And also, she was there. Have her in front of you. And she was answering my questions instead of me just talking out loud as I listened to her. That is cool. Podcast. How do you normally reach out? Do you find, how do you normally find people? For, um, for podcasts when you were when you were back in it so when i was when you were in the game when i was really active i would it, it follows a very specific process so when we identify someone who lives authentically according to our perspective yeah we ask them one of two questions we either ask them what made you authentic or now that you're authentic what do you love to do so that's the only two topics you ever hear it's, uh, i guess maybe, maybe let me clarify a question hmm how would you reach out to them? That's it, though. Oh, the actual tactic. Yeah, yeah. To, oh. to, before they were on the episode. Not once they're on the episode. So once identified. But I mean, because like, so uh, I forgot the lady's name. Dalal Janai. Dalal. The one that I'm That you were surprised with? that she said yes. 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 So have you found that when reaching out to people for your podcast that you, is it kind of this thrill and you're excited and surprised when they say yes to be on your show? Honestly, it's a numbers game. It's going to sound really boring, but 
I I don't have time to reflect on what goes on because it's the whole reason why there's a zibda in the first place was because I was so frustrated that women weren't coming on Mustadfir. Yeah. That was literally the only reason why I created a podcast was because there must be a structure that can speak to a woman because for some reason, the way we do it at Mustadfir, which is like, come on, sit down. There's a mic in front of you. We're going to talk We're now. chat. That did not work with female guests. And I couldn't for the life of me understand why. So we took a really more polished approach. Than I, so when I get in touch with someone, it's literally, hey, do you want to be on? So that's number one. Yep. Very, and if I know them through someone, that's a plus. So it's normally through a connection, through relationship, and then texting or emailing? Total mix. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time through Instagram. Yeah. A lot of um, the guests are, I was really, I am really selfish with the Zibda. I use it as a vehicle for myself, uh-huh. where majority of the people who came on, I was just obsessed with who they were. That's the question I'm trying to get at right yeah, there. Yeah. That's, I, I, I think it's fascinating Especially right now at the the temperature of Instagram, mm-hmm. that you're able to like roll up on strangers who you think are like really cool and selfishly ask them to be on your podcast and then they say yes. Yeah. It's a numbers game though. For right. every For guest sure. you see on, one of uh, it's a fluke of three factors aligning in a way that is okay. Number one, they want to. Yep. N- number two, they have time to. Yep. And number three, it works out. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is kind of like flukish. Yeah, totally. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what, I guess I was doing it for Mistadfud, right? So I was hiding behind that, um, uh, But you said that well. you would selfishly ask people, you'd like, like, you'd be like, she's awesome. I'm fangirling right now because she is like everything so cool. I want to become. Yeah. Everything I want to become. Yeah. Do you have more? I don't know. I don't know if there's even a question in there. Maybe it's just me saying. I think one thing that I love about podcasting, which it sounds like you do too, is the ability to to horizontally access these these individuals that we look up to and we say, like, "Wow, like." you're like a really fascinating and amazing individual and wow you actually said yes to sit down with me like oh i hope you don't find out what my gpa is <laughs> anyways the conversation <laughs> no right? now i'm really now i'm really open about it because my mba my gpa was 3.5 congratulations thank you that was a big win and by the way it's on my linkedin as well like i'm very passionate i say i did not finish from aud I got a two point whatever in this one. And now this is my final GPA. That's awesome. And that's okay. I'm a B student. I don't want to become more. <laughs> it's hard work. It is work. Um, Yeah. And that's where podcasting is. I'm just selfishly using a Zibda to meet people that I really want to meet or to use it to test out stuff. So when I have a idea, now that I'm a digital marketer, it's all about what you know practically very little is theory because the theory is really straightforward it's literally how to upload to tiktok or how to create a post that connects the same way i saw someone else or would this idea work i use a zipda and i use hatab.com yep is it working yeah definitely i get um the the issue is 
balancing and not feeling imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the biggest issue that I'm having right now, especially in my new role where I'm head of what's being called intelligence. Yeah, you have a really fancy title. Yeah, intelligence and social media director. What does that mean? Intelligence officer. Is intelligence officer or director? director? It's a little bit lower than officer. It's like intelligentsia. <laughs> exactly. Or basically I work for an ad agency slash content creator. And um, I'm the, hopefully what I'm going to set up is a way to understand the reports and the analytics that we get out to derive real insight instead of just information. So you'd be a data analyst. I put down the structure for analysts to see what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Or I would lead the team. I have a small team now. It might grow next week. I'm not oh, sure what's going to happen. Yeah, we're merging with another company, so I don't know what's going to happen Interesting. there. But it's a really exciting role. Um, and now, finally, I have purpose in the sense that I know that I want depth of expertise in the realm of digital marketing. That's what I'm putting forward. It's by happenstance that I love interviewing people. So that's where the personal branding comes in. But everything else is about this space of how to reach a lot of people with a, a way to serve them through the internet. Through communication. Yep. All comes together. It does all come together. This was a really good therapy session. I highly advise you coming on Lucas's uh, podcast if you have like yes. lack of clarity in your life or you want to know more about yourself. Thank you. Yeah. That is, that is the best compliment that I could receive um, on a show. Definitely. I'll, I already gave your podcast five stars on iTunes, but Thank now you. I'm going to add the comment of also really good Thank you. to be on. Thank as you. Well as to listen. <laughs> do you actually listen to my podcast? Of course I'm I flattered. do. Dude, you don't even know. Oh my God. Let me, allow me to blow your mind the way my mind was blown. And I'll tell you the story as it happened to me. Uh, I was sitting with, uh, m uh, I, I was meeting an old friend and my friend, Maryam Hamiduddin, who heads up Humming Tree in Jeddah, was there. Which and is a really cool place. Super cool. Which uh, someone who I interviewed. Um, so this is what's going on. My podcast. I was going to say this. Yeah, okay, go, keep going. So she was there. She just brings a friend yeah. who happened to be doing an event at her thing. He sits down. We start talking and Abdullah. he's like, yes. Yes. And I was like, oh no. True so, story tent. So he told me, I love Azibdai. I knew you before I met you when Medium told me who you were. I listened to you. And I was like, no, dude, I listened to you on Lucas's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and then we were best friends. Oh, man. Ab yeah. <laughs> Abdullah is awesome. I, I like him. Yeah. I like him. He's so a friend. That happened just this weekend. So he's a friend. Nice. Yeah. I, I saw that the humming tree. I was like, oh, that place looks really cool. And Jeddah. Did, were you at the event? I was not, unfortunately, oh. but I was at dinner with most of the people that was there. So okay. it evened out. Yeah. Next time. He's launching a podcast. Yes, he is. Yes. He's launched a podcast. You guys should totally check it out. It's called True Story Tent. Thank you. Because and I only remembered the tent part. Awesome. And Abdullah, if you're listening to this, uh, the true story that I gave a few weeks ago better show up on that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Abdullah is great. I love the work that he's doing. 
I really love it. I think it's, he has a winner right there. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous. No, definitely. It's really magical. Um, so yeah, I got to see Abdullah. And by the way, with most of the people I know through podcasting, it's usually me reaching out and it's it's really rare in the podcast realm, I think, for people to actually listen to each other and approach each other. Right. At the same, you know, like doing both is very <laughs> rare. Yeah. Either you're listened to and I'm very, very blessed when uh, I was going to whatever forum or if there's a really big event that's very mainstream, usually I'll get like one or two people who come up to me and they recognize me from Mustadfir or Izabda. And um, they, it always ends in a hug, which I love this uh, with the girls, the, the guys, the social yeah, yeah, culture, yeah. all of that stuff. But the girls always, there's a hug in the end. And that's so cool. Um, and so they listen to me and they say what it means to them. And then they just disappear. There's not really an ongoing relationship. I think it's really rare to reach out to someone that you know intimately from their work. And to be like, hey, can you come on the podcast? Or, hey, can you work with me on this? And creating that relationship is, like, statistically, it doesn't happen much. So when you make the effort to do both, yeah, it's remembered. Why Going do, back why to do you your think question. that is? Why is it remembered or why is no, it hard? No, why do, why do you think, I have some ideas, but why do you think it is rare for someone to listen to someone's work and be, like know it but not reach out like why why is it, i mean i'm i'm a lurker i i lurk a lot of people <laughs> but why why do you think why do you think that is i'm guessing um what two things come to mind not wanting to mess up the image might play a part yeah. uh, another part is we're in especially since now i'm in the space where i took my own personal brand as a a a brand that I'm actively trying to grow and I create mm -hmm. content. Consuming content now from real people, even though you have like a DM away from that person, like you couldn't be more able to be intimate with them, but it just doesn't occur to us because we're just consuming the content maybe. Yeah. I found, I found for me personally, I think oftentimes I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'll, like I love Seth, you know, Seth Godin. Of I course. don't. I only know him by name. Oh. I don't know his work. I'm so sorry. So I love Seth. Okay. I love his work. Cool. And um, I'll slide him a DM. Let him know. Yo, uh, he's, Lucas he's, really he's, likes you. He's really <laughs> uh, I think you can slide him an email. <laughs> um, I don't think you can slide. He, I don't know if he's active anymore on Instagram. He he tried it for a season. He is active on podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, the story goes. I would read his blogs, get his emails. Um, I never comment, never have anything like what, what I'm going to say. He's getting hundreds of emails. And one time I was reading his book, actually bootstrapping. Mm -hmm. And uh, I caught a typo in the book. And one title had you, you twice is like, why are you space? Why are you just a simple typo? And for whatever reason, I thought it was a great idea that I should email <laughs> him and let him know that there was a typo in his book and afterwards he's like um yeah thanks for like he was very 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 polite he's like um i'm not gonna like pull the book and edit it and re-release it all for us a, a simple typo thanks mm. and i you know 
off of that situation, I kind of reflected feeling some like shame, feeling stupid. I'm like, why, oh, why did I even like message? Like what, what was in me that I would do that? And I realized it's like, oh, I, I want to have a connection, but I don't, I don't know any point to have a connection. Therefore, oh, here's some way that I can, I can help him. I have some connection point. Let me help correct him. Even in my mind, I'm not thinking I'm correcting him. I'm, I'm helping him with, uh, you know, an error. And oftentimes I find people on my Instagram, when they write something in Arabic, people are really quick to let me know that I spelled something wrong, or mm. maybe I should say it this way. And sometimes I can, I can be like, come on guys. Like clearly, like I, it was like, I clearly hit the wrong button. Like I know how to sit, like spell best or something like that. It's like clearly, um, but I now have so much empathy because I realized like, oh, they are actually like reading my stuff, but they just don't know like what, what is the content? Like, how do mm. I reach out and contact that person? Even though I want to, I just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. So I find that that for me, at least that's, I think people don't know what to say or how to reach out. That's so interesting. I don't know why it's different for me. Um, even when I asked for speakers to come at, at um, GeekFest or any event that I was doing, I'm really grateful for it. I don't know how it happened, but I can usually find a point of connection. But if it's, it's especially if you have a purpose. In and in Jeddah. Like, like I don't have a problem. related to people. If, if there is a purpose for me, like reaching out, then awesome. Like, hey, come and be on the show. But I'm not going to, like, roll up on someone and be like, hey. How interesting. I think you also... How's it going? (laughs) No, I think you deconstructed (laughs) what a lot of women face when they get messages from men on dating apps. You know that thing where it's just like a hey? And now I'm recognizing that maybe it's just a connection that they don't know what to follow up with. But um, a really easy thing that I do that has given birth to spectacular friendships is when I'm feeling someone deeply and I'm very moved by them, Mm. I'll write them like a, not a huge text wall, yeah, but like let's say a text fence. Yeah. I'll write them. All right, I like the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's, it doesn't take up the whole screen, but it's still bigger than a couple of sentences. And I'll send it to them and I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know that it's like this a word of encouragement. And yeah. And very specifically to how yeah. it touched me deeply. I like that. What happened. I get that sometimes. And I, I every message I get, I engage with. And I, I love, I love when people reach out mm. and message me. Yeah. And oftentimes if we end up having a conversation, I'll follow the person back. I'm like, yeah. if, you, if, and that's what I think back to communication strategy, networking, I think so many businesses get it so wrong. Mm. They're like, I'm going to follow zero people mm-hmm. as a, as a point of status. Or all the people. Or all the people. It's never in between. Well, it's never in between. <laughs> but it's like, you have an, an ability and an opportunity to connect and build a relationship with your your biggest fans mm-hmm. and how can you find them and how can you nurture those fans and grow those relationships because sales and marketing at the end of the day is all about bonding emotionally mm. with people mm. right it's emotional intelligence it is because when at the end of the day when when I, even i make a purchase decision 
it's really not based on anything other than what does it make me feel. Whether yeah. it's relief that it wasn't that expensive or excitement that I have a shiny new toy, it's always based on an emotion. Yeah. 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 How are we on time? Do you know what time it is? You have a watch over there. <gasps> oh my. Whoa. How long did we go for? Is oh, that like no. I got here. I got here at eight, eight something. Oops. Maybe an hour 45. Oops. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. You're so generous with your time, Kaira. I could have easily gone for longer. I which, could go for way, longer. This happened with uh, Mustafir and Dukan as well. You put two podcasters, we end up with two different shows. Like, you, like yeah. by two shows, I mean it accumulates because yes. you have two people interviewing yes. each other, right? Yes. So it's double the time. I, I, I mean, I like long form. <laughs> I like long form media, long form content. And in fact, I think, I think people do. Mm-hmm. I think even statistically, you know, maybe not so long, but people are always saying, oh, shorter and shorter, shorter, shorter videos. But guys, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like that is really long. <laughs> and so it's not so much as like how long, like your two minute video could be boring. And I'm going to bounce after 10 seconds, but there's... Recent this past week, I've listened to multiple hour and a half, three hour, two hour podcasts. It's very special though. Um, podcast listeners are really special. It's to a different marketers. demographic, and it's a different level of engagement. When you look at a video, a part of you knows that someone's banking on your eyeballs being on that video, but with podcasts, especially, I think any topic to do with this region or whenever. Especially for me, being able to hear an Arab woman or someone I can relate to on that Mm. level, maybe someone who has a mixed race or something, being able to hear that voice is so rare and so beautiful and it's so specific to podcasts because I just don't see them in this intimate way anywhere else. That it's a level in, of engagement that's very special. You're probably, like, I don't think it's natural for a lot of people to have that attention span for content. Yeah, it's probably true. I hope it becomes natural. Do you know natural. the Enneagram? Mm-mm. You don't know the Enneagram? Do the Enneagram. My wife my wife has done, like, the Myers-Briggs and the disc and all this stuff. She's like, I can never find, like, who I am. Okay. Right? She, and she gets so frustrated. She's like, I don't know, am I this or am I that? Or am I? And she can't figure it out. She took the Instagram. Mm-hmm. She read her description and she cried. Oh. She's like, this, like, this is who I am. I love assessments. So uh, the, the Enneagram is really fascinating because it's actually derived from our, what's the right word? It's, so there are the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with those? Mm-hmm. Well, before that, there's actually nine deadly sins, and they simplified it to seven. So the Enneagram oh, is... What difference does two make? You know what, I, I want to be part of that discussion, like, as they're sitting around being like, listen, guys, we need to synergize. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know how or what that... It would probably be a fascinating point of, of history to actually research. I haven't done the research, so I, I wish I could say. Um, but so the Enneagram is based off of the nine deadly sins. And so it's... Instead of most uh, most assessment tests are like, this is like your personality and you're introverted and extroverted, detail-oriented and not. This more is uh, like your human fleshly 
desires. I, I don't know mm-hmm. a good way to explain it. So it, it says, this is who you are. And when you're stressed, this is how you move and this is how you act. And when you're in health, this is how you move and this is how you act. Mm. And so it's it's instead of like a mono kind of directional test of like this is your set, it's more based on your emotional health, your emotional well-being and where you are on the health spectrum and then where you fall into and what's your propensity to. Mm-hmm. So mine, mine's a propensity for um, I think it's love of knowledge. So I love to know all the information, all the facts. And because of that, I consume an incredible amount of information and data with a large attention span and I conserve energy. Um, And so when I go to unhealth, like you could ask me to do something and I'd be like, there's no way anxiety flooded, like, nope, can't do another thing. I just paralyzed. Paralyzed. I need to go to the office and just like get work done. Mm. And I just can go into a cave for like days. Mm. That's in my unhealth. But in my health, I think I go to, um, is it a three? I, I go to more being able to be more visionary and a, a greater ability to interact with people and lead. Um, and so it's just really interesting. I think you would really like it. Yeah, especially it sounds, yeah. liking the I'm an assessment, assessment junkie. I didn't sure. describe it very well. I don't know how the, to best describe the how you the how the test is different, but it's very fundamentally different. If I do it soon enough, I can send you like a WhatsApp voice note you can throw in here. You should, because <laughs> even you can just if you're if you're listening to this. You can go and you find it. And instead of even taking the assessment, what they say is to actually read through the different descriptions Mm -hmm. and find out which one most resonates with you Mm -hmm. rather than like taking the, taking the test. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. I really, I've, I've really been kind of on an Enneagram kick. I am, I have homework today. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Gera, thank you for being on the show. Uh, Before we close, Mm. if there's one one question that you could ask or one piece of advice to help people find or hone in on purpose, what would that be? What's your advice around purpose? It wasn't a huge part of the show, but it came up a few different times and it felt like it was, I think purpose and carrying responsibility and looking at the greatest you know, darkness and hardships in our world and taking those on and conquering them and carrying the weight of the responsibility like you did with your brother and like you did with uh, the environment. And now even what you're doing with, um, what you have done with Mustadfur and Zipta, that taking on responsibility by choice. Um, I, I just think it's so powerful. It's such a powerful story that you have as an individual outside of your achievements, outside of boxes that you ticked or events that you kicked off like GeekFest or Zipta, things that you've grown, like outside of those those achievements, I think your personal achievement of, of growing as a human and growing as a person and saying, no, this is this is my purpose. This is what... I was created for. This is what I'm giving my energy and my life to. And I am valuable outside of that and inside of that. I'm valuable outside of my achievements and just inside who I am as a human being. Um, and seeing your, 
your fight, hearing your story as you push through really dark times mm. and continue to persevere over many, many years now, dec- like over a decade now, mm. right? Um, I think that is something that's so admirable. And I hope that um, I, I'm probably, I don't want to say no because I don't know, but I can assume that so many young women across Saudi have heard your story, never sent you a message, but have been profoundly and deeply impacted by your life. So I want to say thank you on behalf of so many lives that you've touched for being a person of purpose, for being a person of determination, for being a person of vulnerability and honesty to tell your story in a way that is open and honest because I think that that gives both boys and girls, men and women, an ability to be vulnerable with themselves. So I just want to thank you thank for you being so much. who you are. And it's I know it's impacting people. Thank you so much. There is one thing that I saw that really changed how I look at things was a Venn diagram of Ikaiki. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's a Japanese word that shows the um, the intersection of ambition. Uh, um, I can't remember the other ones, but it shows the different factors of having a vocation, having a skill versus having resources versus having a vision versus having a passion. And mm. all of these come together to have a purpose. And for me, it was always connection mm. building. Um at first called community building, but now I understand that it's authenticity and just everybody understanding that through whatever noise we have, we have a connection to build and an opportunity to understand each other in a way that we wouldn't any other way. But Mm. that's my purpose. And someone else might have just the love of reading or the love of restoring artwork or, you know, everybody will have a, purpose and I don't think it's a meant to be thing Mm. I think it's really luck like just like how I think a soulmate is just a combination of luck and hard work Mm. and um, two people having been at the right place at the right time for each other I don't think there's a very big I, I think it's divine in its chaos you know what I mean yeah where the probability is so small that you happen to be really skillful at this thing that you also really like. Yeah. Or maybe you don't like having deadlines of the thing you like, so you know how to balance between having a regular job and having a hobby. Um, But that's purpose for me is like very different for each person. It's not something that drives all actions. Mm -hmm. It might be even something that takes you away from your daily life, you know? Yeah. But it's rare. It's I hear you saying it's it's, it's rare, rare to find. I think I think right now, when I look across at least the, the West, and I think actually probably I can say here too. I think in the Middle East that there are a lot of people who are living without purpose and are searching for purpose, and because of that, they're just kind of like a swampy river that's like slowly dying. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you from the personal branding stuff that I've done, 
the amount of times where I can see how beautiful a person is. And when we, when we just take the time to see the thread that pulls through, like me saying connection, right? Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's a connection that was bred from the time that I was five years old. And I realized that my brother didn't know how to connect with people. Mm. And then that, like, maybe that was the se- Who knows? Who knows? Right. I've been psychoanalyzing myself all this time. But I feel like... Purpose isn't something that you find. Purpose is something that you notice. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that we manufacture. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like the same word as find. Like if you find, if you create the narrative or if you notice the different components that lead up to. It's something that we discovered that was inherently planted in us and has grown in us all along. And isn't that funny? The word discovery, like when the human mind thinks that they discovered something, bro, it was there. Yeah. You just happen to have noticed it, you know? Or well, I think it's like the, the like words, right? The difference between invented <laughs> yeah. and discovered, mm. right? You can discover the North Pole. It was always there. Yeah. You can't invent the North Pole. That's true. Right. And so. But they kind of did with Santa and the red and white yeah, pole and that, stuff. They invented a really great marketing scheme to make a lot of money. <laughs> Right. But to your point, it's it's something that you find. It's something that you uncover or discover. It's not something that you go and invent and create in your life. It's not like you wake up and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to today I'm going to write out and invent my purpose. It's actually something that's been that's been written in you. That you that you haven't necessarily uncovered yet, mm. and like you said, it's like you you mentioned it's this. You said luck. Um, I used to play poker for a living, and therefore I don't believe in luck. Um, oh, mathematician. Yeah. Okay. And so I think I think it's it's rare, and when we find it, we're blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's funny though, people who say that they did manufacture it. It does always turn out to be where um, the act of them manufacturing it was discovering something that they wanted, so they ended up building th- on top of it. Yeah, so it, it kind of goes into some of the... It's very philosophical, like where does Middle want? Eastern narrative, uh, not Middle Eastern, just, hmm. uh, you know, fatalism hmm. and like inshallah, like whether versus... God's will versus free will. Mm-hmm. And stoicism, do you think that those are two different things? Yeah, I'm a little rusty on stoicism, but yes, it kind of like goes into that, which kind of goes into some existentialism, <laughs> which which I think... Uh, we should have a new episode we for. We should have a new episode right now. <laughs> With an actual professional. <laughs> but um, it goes back to the story that I told you about my kids, mm. which was the story of choices. Do you want to brush your teeth before you put your pajamas on or after? Do you want water or orange juice? Do you want the apple or the strawberry? I'm giving them choices, but I've chosen for them. Mm. Right? So it's like... What would you do if they said, actually, I would like... uh, I'm sorry, we're uh, not having Pepsi today. Oh No, maybe it's another thing. Like maybe when you say water or orange juice, they say, I'd like... For uh, sure. Sparkling water. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so I think that you're right. I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but I think in 
defending depending on where you you sit in your ideology ideological where you what you believe about the divine <laughs> okay. um and how you see the world in some ways it's as if our purpose was written in us mm. and it's like choosing between like we have the choice of an apple and an orange I, I wonder i don't know i'm just off the dome um and in that way, it's like that manufacturing, but realizing it but was there in the first place. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We brought it all the way back. All the way back. We're artists. We are. This was impressive. We, sh- we, should, <laughs> we should be podcasters or something. <laughs> hey, you know, I know this really cool network that you can talk to. Oh, really? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you, Hera. Thank you so much. Where can we find you? Um, you can find me at kayrabi.com, K-H-A-Y-R-A-B.com. I'm just about everywhere using that username. And uh, I think of myself as very approachable, so approach me. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Own the Future. Please share this with a friend. If there is a friend that you have that needs to hear and discover and find and uncover their purpose, send it over to them right now. You can find me at lucasgrobot.com or on Instagram at lucasgrobot, SK robot. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I share why you should stop helping the most people. That's right. I'm telling you to stop helping the most people. Remember, if you can own your story, you can own the future.